Your lamb is most efficient from birth until kind of five or six weeks. Its efficiency is dropping off all the time. So if you don't maximize the growth rates in those first few weeks of life, they're generally behind for the remainder of their life. Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Ovicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you those insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. So what was the impact of a difficult spring on lamb performance? It's a subject we're going to talk a bit more about in this episode with Dr. Frank Campion. We start off with Frank giving us an update on the lamb growth rate on the better farms this spring. We talk about the variation among the flocks and how the performance compares to previous years. We discuss some of the reasons for this drop-off in performance and how the difficult conditions following turnout made this worse. We finish up discussing what impact this will have on lamb sales this year, as well as some of the steps farmers are taking to mitigate this. And when we look at some of the, the seven-week growth rates coming back from the better farms from this spring, it, it has had a knock-on impact. So I suppose, look at the the average for the average for the for the group this year. We'll say for for all the better farmers for for their seven-week weight is sitting about two hundred and sixty grams a day on average. You know, which would be below what we we we'd be targeting, and we certainly back on what we would have seen in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. And if we drop out the farms that weren't in the programme last year and just look at the lads that we've weighed this year to Ross in the programme last year we can see that they're back about they're back about 15 grams a day of the lambs on average from birth until seven weeks so now 15 grams a day might seem quite small if you're sitting there thinking about it but when you add that up over seven weeks and then you have to consider the fact that she's the lamb is already that far behind heading into the next bout of growth let's say between seven weeks and weaning you know, it is a nice bit to have lost at this time of year. You know, your lamb is most efficient from birth until kind of five or six weeks. Its efficiency is dropping off all the time. So if you don't maximize the growth rates in those first few weeks of life, they're generally behind for the remainder of their life, up until yeah. certainly up until kind of October, November time. Likelihood is, frankly, like we take that on the wean and the 15 will probably be 20 grams. A day. That's two kilos later, come exactly. weaning on those lambs. Exactly. And the, like the research over the years, I've shown plenty of times that two kilos of weaning will have a big impact on your draft and drafting rate. So that's going to have a big impact then on farms in terms of how they're going to manage grass and manage stock August, September, October. So, you know, like memories are short, as he said, it looks okay maybe at the minute. But when you get into the end of August, September and your drafting pattern is at maybe 15, 20% behind where it should be. Well, there's a lot of extra lambs that are going to be sitting on the farm that are going to be taking grass that you might usually have earmarked for yours to have them in the right condition going for ram and it has a knock-on effect then leading into the following year. It's an aspect this we want to talk to you a little bit more about. But just to go back on the figures, like 260, 260 is quite low for that first seven weeks. You're looking at weaning there, sub 30 kilos for some of them lands are just borderline 30 kilos yeah. at the kind of 14 weeks of age. Look, we have to put that in context. It was a brutal march. It was a very difficult April to start off at. Grass availability on those farms, Frank, was fairly good, but I suppose utilisation was one of the big challenges. Yeah, so there was plenty of grass around. When we looked at the bigger on grass growth rate from pasture base, you know, the farms had every bit as much grass as they had last year. But as you said, utilisation was back. You know, particularly utilisation for the flocks that were lambing in early March, where they were under pressure to get yos and lambs out, and there was bits of snow and very wet ground. You know, and when that utilisation is back and the dry matter of the grass is down, yos and lambs aren't going to perform as well on it. You know, so that's one of the aspects that's leading into it. The other, the, of course, the, the weather itself is going to be the other one, isn't it? Oh, exactly. The, the weather itself is the other one. So, like, you know, the colder and harsher the weather is, the more energy the yo and the lamb are using just to maintain themselves, not to necessarily grow or produce milk. 
all those things get get a knock on effect. But I think the easy thing would be to say, oh, it was a bad spring, and that's why my lambs are back or my yaws are thinner. It's also a good chance to reflect that, you know, when we look at the growers in the flocks, there's a big variation. So, you know, if we look at one of the flocks, one flock in particular has been in the program for a good number of years, has a, now has a stable flock in terms of its numbers and part of its breeding policy, is a very good grassland manager, you know, very stable system. Their overall land performance while it's back between 15 and 20 grams a day on last year. When you look at their five-year average, they're about between five and 10 grams on average. So they're five grams on average, and there's a range of that's so five grams behind the five-year average. So there's other aspects then that are going to hammer your land performance. And if you have an issue, if you're maybe have a lameness issue or an issue with mastitis or the oil quite thin at lambing, well, a year like this is going to exacerbate that problem. That problem is going to reduce your land performance. But then when you add in difficult climatic conditions, well, then it exacerbates the problem and then that's going to further hammer your land performance. Let's just delve into that one a little bit. You're 100% correct. Like it, it is pushing everything else. There's more pressure on the system. You're going to see more of the cracks. So for the leg of that flock, you've worked with for a long number of years where you know the management in it. The gap mightn't have been as big as we thought. How big a variation of what we've seen among them flocks? Like if it maybe just maybe pick twins or singles, either or out of them. What kind of gap are we seeing in growth rates? Like if you focus on the if you just focus on the twins this year, you know, we're seeing we're seeing gaps, you know, look at if you go from the very lowest, we're seeing them going from around two ten to fifteen grams per day for twins for about seven weeks, up to lambs then to three three twenty-five grams per day. So there's a huge that's a hundred grams a day of variation between the flocks. Now in all those situations we can pinpoint certain things that are wrong with the flocks or certain things that are going right with it. But I think it highlights that when we wouldn't usually see that level of variation in seven weeks. But where you will see it is in a year like this where maybe things put more pressure on the system, the poor performing flocks are going to perform poor and it's going to lead to a bigger gap in your in your range, in your variation. So I know you've looked at some of the contributing factors in some of them flocks. Like what are the couple of Big things are jumping out at you. Well, the first one is your condition. So for flocks that didn't have condition as good as they should have been at Maiden, or maybe let yours burn off too much condition last winter. So there was a period last winter coming up to housing where maybe flocks might have been, you know, we were trying to get lots maybe house yours a little bit earlier because condition was falling off yours as it can in that winter period when the weather turns quite bad. Or flocks that maybe got the feeding wrong and they run up to lamb and you know, condition fell off yours and they were lambing down thin. That's one thing that's going to straight away be exacerbated because now not only is grass utilization down, but the yaw is never to milk enough off her back. The other thing then is yaws with mastitis. So maybe yaws that weren't culled properly or weren't picked up as having insufficient milk at lambing time. Those problems get exacerbated when you have difficult weather in, in March and April. And the third big one to jump down was then was, was I suppose, lameness. So Anecdotally, all the lads in the program would have said they had an awful lot of scald in lambs this year. Um, talking to producers outside of the program, even that would generally be a, a consensus that I'm hearing. And that's, I suppose, not to be expected. Unexpected when we had kind of plenty of grass, heavyish covers, wet grass in around lambs' feet, you would tend to see a higher degree of scald. But it's like anything. That's something that can be managed and kept on top of. And where it was managed and kept on top of it, it won't have a big impact on your performance. It's where it was let grow to a high level, then you will start to see it hammering that performance. You know, so I think they were the three big ones that jumped out. Now, look, at those other things there, but they're the three main ones I think looking at this year that have, have come out for us. 
So now look at Kieran, but in our flocks, we have a variation. So we have flocks that we've just started working with right up to the longer existing flocks. And I suppose the longer the flocks that we're working with longer, look at there's less of those issues because we've kind of targeted them in the farm plan over the year. We've been measuring it and managing it and getting top of it. Some of those newer flocks where it's an issue, they're things that can be solved. But you know what we now that we've measured it and recorded it, we can. The other side of it on the lameness, just for to, to plug some of my my other work, Jake Delaney, my PhD student who was on with you a couple of weeks ago talking about his survey. That survey is still live there and we're looking for people to fill it out, as many people as we can, because we're trying to get a handle on you know what level of lameness does exist in Irish flocks and how are people managing it and dealing with it. And part of his work was to go to a number of the better farmers this spring and record and assess the level of lameness that's on the flocks. You know, and it was it, it we'll be doing that for a couple of years and we'll be linking it back to performance. But one of the interesting things that jumped out on us was in the number of flocks where we would have found lameness conditions that maybe farmers didn't realise were there were there. So there's a couple of the flocks where we had CODD that we hadn't previously identified. And there was a couple of flocks that when we went in and we actually, you know, done locomotion score and picked out the lame ones. The farmer was slightly surprised by the amount that we had picked out, maybe what he'd been identifying quickly out in the field. So I think it's something everyone can improve on in that regard. But we've seen this with flocks over the years, Kieran, with lameness. You need to have a plan in place and you need to have facilities in place. And if you can have that in place, have a good footpatting facility where you're getting on top of your scores early, well, then it can be kept to a very low level. Frankly, like you touched on, on nearly prompt treatment in some of the cases. You know, it, it does really highlight the need to get in early. Yeah, getting early. Look at bringing in yours and lambs is nobody's favourite job. It is a nuisance of a job, but you have to do it. And what we've seen before with flocks is where it hasn't been done properly, that leads on to more severe conditions like foot rot and COD, and then it's a harder thing to treat, but it also has a bigger effect on your flock performance. Okay, so look, in some aspects, we are where we are. It highlights two things. It highlights a need on some farms to go back and look at some of the basics for the dual condition, and that's a long-term plan. You know, feeding, again, another long-term plan we can actually do something about at the moment. The lameness is something that can be dealt with more directly. Parking that aside for a half minute, the other issue it throws up is, and you touched on this at the beginning, we now have lambs that are in some cases going to be two, three, maybe four kilos behind the weaning. That's going to have a big impact on sales in these farms. Is there anything they can do different? Can they plan different? Do they need to start thinking about this now? Yeah, exactly, Karen. So, We've discussed this already and it's a variation, right? So I'm talking about on average flocks are behind last year. Average figure is a dangerous figure. Within that, there's a huge degree of variation. So there's lands in there, fine, on average, there's going to be two kilos behind. But as you said, there's lands in there that are going to be four or five kilos behind where they should have been because of that level of variation. So there's no point getting till August and deciding I have an awful lot of farms left around, an awful lot of lands left around the farm. What am I going to do? You need to have a plan in place at weaning. And that plan needs to be twofold. The first plan needs to be actually go out and weigh a sample of your lambs and see where are you sitting and how do you think it compares to where you should be. And then in the case of, well, you know, am I going to sell some store lambs or sell more store lambs than I would normally? Or am I going to set up a feeding group at weaning time and start pulling off my heavier lambs, so 38, 39 kilos plus from weaning, start feeding them a small bit of concentrate to try and get them gone quicker. And then, you know, keep feeding into that group as the summer goes on. And look at Kieran, I think we've talked about that on the podcast before, and you've had some better farmers on who would have talked about it. But the second side of that then is the old flock. So if it's a case that this has been a hard spring and it has exacerbated a problem, like maybe you have a lot of mastitis, a lot of lameness or a lot of tineos, well, then there's a chance to draw a line in the sand. 
So Paul Kenyon talked to one of your previous podcasts about early weaning. Well, maybe it's a case that you need to wean two or three weeks earlier, go through your your yo flock in a very, I suppose, diligent manner and make sure that any call yo's are picked out, identified and got rid of. If you have a condition score issue, start getting on top of it once they're dried up and ready to start being fed on. You know, get them onto good grass as best you can and start putting condition on them and identify the ones that are not responding and put them back on condition and call them. If you have a lameness problem, separate out your lame yo's and weaning. Put them in a separate group. Talk to your vet about what treatment option you need. Keep foot batting them and event, again, identify and pull out the ones that are not responding to treatment or that have been treated you know, two or three times within the one year and get rid of them. So draw a line that put a pin in it and try and get, you know, when it comes around to mating time next year, you're, you're starting with a, a better flock to begin with. Yeah, so it really is about putting a plan in place now to deal with the consequences of what's after happening. We put a farm plan in place with all the better farmers and, you know, it takes, it's not going to change overnight. But if you don't start at the start with some sort of a plan and start dealing with the issues, you're going to wind up back in the same situation next year. And I think what's happened looking at the data from the better farms is we've had, you know, 2022 and uh, 2021, we had good farm, good overall good land performance up to seven weeks. You know, look at variation in it. Some flocks did well, some flocks didn't do so well. But I think when then you get a year like this where it's a bit harder weather-wise and different things crop up, it exacerbates those problems and you start to see issues that those little underlying issues now become a big problem. So you do need to identify them and get it off from I think it was good getting an update from you on it. Look, it's something certainly we think about on farms. As you said, it's worth going in, looking at portion lambs, seeing where you are with them and what impact that's going to have on sales for this year. It's something we might actually get you back on later in the year to see how those flocks have managed and what weight drafting is going on. Look, good getting you on today. Thanks for the update. Thanks very much, Ken. We'll leave it there for this week's episode. You can get more updates on the Better Farm programme in the Chuggles Sheep newsletters each month. They're available on the Chuggles website and on our social media channels. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for updates on the sheep programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us for more episodes.